This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good afternoon, family and friends. And wow, I'm telling you now, you are going to love my program this afternoon. Um, I'm Renette Myberg on 7 to 9 a.m. And my program is called Rise. And wow, we've got a, a special guest in the studio this afternoon. Her name is Michelle Potgitter. We had her last week. She's going to recap a little bit on, you know, her testimony of her and her husband, Orchid, that went to the Ukraine 27 years ago and started a church over there called Sven Miru. And wow, the ministries and the beautiful testimonies of miracles and wonders that came out of the ministry in the in that time, but also the incredible challenges that that they had, and she's you know in the meantime she's written a beautiful book called Sona Bloma in Snew in Ukraine, <laughs> and we hope to have that in English sometime. But at the moment it's in Afrikaans, but it's going to be phenomenal. She's going to share that with us in this program as well, because I think it is incredibly important for us to see, hear a little bit about their journey and what does it look like? I really want to chat about this afternoon is what does it look like in a week or in a day of a missionary in a different country with different cultures, different ways of living different people, different outlook on life. So Michelle's going to share that with us. So thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you so much. And taking, you know, I know you've got a touch schedule running around, uh, finding your way back again. So, um, but thank you so much for joining us. But first of all, we're going to listen to something good and and joyful. And uh, we will join you straight after this. Thank you so much for staying with us this afternoon. I'm Renette Marburg um, on 729 AM. I just want to give us a little bit of homework. We've got a WhatsApp line, 081-729-1657, and a Telegram number, which is exactly the same, 081-729-1657, and we've got an SMS line, 37988. And our Facebook is very active, so please go and look and see who our presenters are, who our guests are, and get all excited. It's always after. You're not always able to watch the program. Program, um, live, uh, you're welcome to go and see it on Facebook. And we have a wonderful counseling department, 21 and it's on op- option one, and see how we can help you, guide you, and maybe pray for you. So please use our, our facilities and go and see, look us up, and we'd like to get to know you a little bit better. So you're welcome to come and interact, give your point of view, um, all respectfully done, and we just have a nice conversation and see who you are as well. We'd love to get to know you better. Um, but, you know, as you know, my program is a, a lovely, encouraging program where families maybe make a big decision like Michelle and her, her husband made. Uh, sometimes we have a calling on our lives and then we don't hear the voice and we think we you know we've got a still voice in our hearts saying, I've been called to the nation, but we don't know how t- what it takes. We don't know what it looks like. And when is it that we get that? instruction. So Michelle, you're going to share that with us right now and give us an indication of, you know, just a little bit of background of when Orchid and you decided, okay, after getting married, off you go to the Ukraine, lost your hearts there. And then what did that look like? And what was your daily and weekly 
process because there are things that we have to know that what you do, you know, how you're doing it and why you're doing it. I think when, when you are called, you have to know that you know that the Lord really confirms over and over and over. When you go, you shouldn't wonder, is it really the Lord? You Because you have to have something to fall back on mm-hmm. when it's getting difficult. And the Lord really has to speak to you about that country and about that place to yeah, and sure that that you are all sorted out because you cannot go into the missions field if you are not sorted out. Um, yeah, and when when we came there, we saw immediately the the kids on the street that that was left, and we saw the abortion. So we started first of all with a with a church, and then also with a kindergarten for for children that are just left. Um, on their own on the street because mom is drunk, papa, papa is drunk or not there or even had kids that um, the blind grandmother was looking after them and they, they, she's making food for them and then these two, three-year-olds by themselves all day. So we started this kindergarten. So mostly, <laughs> I first of all in the mornings, I had to give my homeschool my own kids. And after then, I'll go to the ministries, to their kindergarten. And then we also have a pro-life center in town. Very wonderful. Yes, I was going to ask you about the whole abortion center. Yeah. So we, the Lord gave us a, a house just across of the hospital where they did all the abortions. And and the Lord also gave us the ultrasound. The hospital didn't have any ultrasound, and He blessed it. So we asked this doctor if she could, if she can borrow this ultrasound, if she will direct all the women that, all the ladies that that is considering abortion to us, so we can just cons- have a consultant with them. And yeah, she she signed the contract, and even we prayed with her. And she stopped doing abortions in our town. Oh, wonderful. So Rene is, by the Lord's grace, now abortion-free oh, <laughs> city. Oh, praise the Lord. That is incredible. The Lord is so good, yeah. And um, then we started with, with um, this Love Rene project that we every year we have this, that we go into the schools, give challenges, make they have to make a video about the town and then we have this gala evening and we have some projects in town making the scary hospital more child friendly with pictures and paintings and a playroom and to i believe that that we have as a church have to influence the the community that the every sphere that that there is in the in the city so yeah that we put in the first playground in, in our little city. So, oh, wow. so the Lord really... And so what a life looked like back in those days. I was only actually homeschooling the kids. Look at these ministries and going with Orchid if he, if he has to pray for somebody. He never... We've been together always. We Everywhere any will minister, I was with him. We were best yes. friends and so close. Why? But... Um, then two years ago, October 2021, we came to South Africa for a holiday. And um, just after we arrived, my dad passed away. And oh, my word. We've just been to his, his um, funeral and drove down to, to Kleinbrock for our little holiday. Okay. And Ockert was there. All our kids um, were with us and Ockert's parents as well. And then he got covid he was only three days in the hospital. Um, the f- 
that I took him there. The, the doctor was looking at his lungs and he said, Michelle, his lungs really look terrible. And um, and he asked if he can pray for Okert and he prayed for him. And then he, after he prayed, he said, listen, you guys must just know it, it might be the last time you see one another. How did you do that? I We were just, I didn't have words, you know. We were best friends. We were still so in love, more in love than than the first after we've married. So I just didn't, we didn't know what to say to one another. And I just said, listen, okay, I know people were even worse than you are and the Lord healed them. So we've got still, we, we've got this, these promises about our town. We've got these promises of the Lord, what he's going to do in Rini. It didn't happen yet. So I don't take it. I just don't take this. You will get healed. And I just, yeah. And when I greeted Ogurt, um there was such a, I cannot explain to you what, what I felt in my heart. I was like, maybe it's, it is the last time. I didn't know. It was so difficult. And two days later, the, the hospital phoned us and said, um, Okert passed away. I was broken. Um, we were just all crying. Um, I I couldn't sleep that, that first night. And mm. I, I just couldn't get wrap my head around it. And I, I'm a widow. And... Um, and, said, and and you feel and you're young. I mean, you both were young. You know, it was like it must have been very difficult. And your children were youngish. Well, they most of them are already out of the house, but but still, it um, two of them were still with us. But you know, we're such a close family, mm, and um, it was we were just so heartbroken. And that first evening, I couldn't sleep at all. I we were on. In Kleinbrock, in this family, Kurt's family's house, and went down to the beach. As I was sitting on the beach early in the morning, when the sun just came up, the Lord, I was starting to make my own plans. You know, I was just broken. I didn't want to stand up from. I just said, Lord, I want to stay here in Kleinbrock and just mm-hmm. cry and cry and cry and die. Understandably so. I don't want to live anymore, and there's just no way of me going back to Ukraine. Not at all. I it's just too big. It's, it's too just big. too big move. I just couldn't go back to Pretoria without Okert. What about Ukraine? And I started thinking, I want to stay there somewhere. Started looking for a at a school to work again and just hire a flat and started making my own plans. And while I was busy with this, crying, laying in the sand, uh-huh. weeping, screaming, uh-huh. because I, over the sea, I, nobody can hear me. And I was just, Lord, what am I going to do? And as the sun came up, the Lord, it was as if Jesus was sitting here next to me, holding me. He said that he's bro- close to the brokenhearted. And he said, Michelle, I'm with you. Now, I'm your dad, and I'm your husband, and I'm with you, and I will make you strong, and I will pick you up. I will comfort you. Amen. I will heal your heart. And um, and then he said, and I want you to go back to Ukraine. Oh, my word. That must have been a massive instruction. Sorry, I'm also a bit emotional. But, you know, this is so, This is what God you know, does, and this is what you actually went and took up the banner and f- went for it, you know, even though Orchid wasn't there. Well, that is such a brave move to make on your own. So, and then what happened after that with your with your children? Did you take them with you that time, the two that were in the home store? Well, um, 
<laughs> four of them wanted to go back with of me course, to Ukraine. To be with you. To yes. be with me. Celia had a bride in Ukraine and he really wanted to get married. Mm. And um, before we left, my brother told me, Michelle, the Lord showed me um, that you as a family is in a in an airplane and there's this explosion and the airplane breaks in half, but you are in the tailboard and you are protected. And he said there might be, the Lord showed me that there might be a war in Ukraine, but you will be protected. He will keep his hands over you. So we, it was difficult to get back to Ukraine because it was all the, this new Omicron virus and they, yes. South Africa was banned. But And the consulate told me three times, don't fly. You're not going to be allowed into the country where you are banned. But the Lord told me, buy tickets and fly. <laughs> so I flew. And the consulate told me, you will go, you're going to be on the sent back. Sent back from the airport, yeah. yes. So when, when I was in this, la- in, this um, in, in line... I was making all my plans of how I'm going to do asking and the Lord told me, just keep quiet, I will fight for you. And I just gave the passport, he stamped it and led us through. It was such a big miracle. So we came to Ukraine. We had Celia's wedding. We had a night to shine for uh, for special need mm-hmm. children. And just a week after that, um, while Celia was on his, still on his honeymoon, the bombs started to fall in Ukraine. And your town? But not yet. Not, not yet, yet. But now, this, this last month, our town has been hit so many times. Um, so this is really bad. Yeah, because we are a, a, um, a port, a harbor city. Yes, the, yes. Actually, the biggest one still working in Ukraine. They tried to destroy the harbor, the port. But my house is like like two kilometers from, from the port city. Wow. So I am going back beginning of um, November. So me and two of my kids, they, they just said, Mom, we want They're to go home. They them. said, Mom, we okay. want to go home. I said, Ivan, they're shooting. They said, it's okay, Mom. I know the Lord will protect us and I want to go home. So, yeah, we will be going home. At the moment, our church is is, um, is ministering and helping the refugees that came that's coming to our part of the country. So from the first day when the war started, we just saw my kids was in, in Odessa when the first bombs fell on their honeymoon. So they came out and with them came out thousands of people running <laughs> trying yes, to leave yes, the country. Leave the country. And it was cold, it was winter, mums with little kids standing in queues at the border. And we just started to, out of my kitchen, make food, soup and spaghetti and take, took it to the border and feeding the people. And we fed so many people and still in the um, pot, there was still food left. And we later took this pot of food to the to a Roikreis tent. <laughs> wow. And it's as if the Lord just... And the next day we did it, and the next and, day... And, and, and funding and resources. So, so all the shops... I just, I, it's incredible. So all the shops was empty. They were, you couldn't even buy bread anymore. To stand for bread, I had to stand a half an hour for bread in line. Mm. And empty shelves at all. Um, and taking everything out of our cupboards. And Ivan said, Mom, you, you're giving away all our food. I said, Ivan... 
Yes, I know, but the Lord will provide. I don't know how, but you remember this widow with the, <laughs> with the, the oil <laughs> with the oil and the flour. Said, I don't know. The Lord said, "Give, and He will mm. provide." And just shortly after that, friends of ours in Romania, Terence and Nelia Fanica, they said, "Michelle, we want to send you some food." So they sent food over the ferry. I was waiting for this car of food. They a little truck full of food and five boxes written on Michelle that they brought to our house. And when we opened it up, it was full of meat and milk. We never had what? so much food. For and the, a long time. <laughs> and then the rest of the food, they took the, to the church. Yes, yes, And yes. Um, it was almost like like um, Joseph, you know, with his family. The Lord is just give to us over and, and over uh, and over praise again. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Michelle, I have to listen to the story further because there is just so much that you have done. And I'm so sorry about your loss, but God is still using you incredibly in a very broken country and war-torn. Um, I would like you to share a little bit more of that on the, uh, after this and why you wrote your book. Um, family and friends, just please stay with us. I think you can. I, I'm absolutely captivated by this testimony and cannot believe that a young family has taken, has so much courage and so much love for a nation that is war-torn and where they are in danger. Um, and this is what it takes when you're called to go out and serve the Lord and His people. So um, just do it. We're going to quickly play something now and uh, looking forward to, the, to continue this conversation straight after this. Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you for joining me this afternoon. Um, it's Renette Marburg. Sorry, I, I've just had the most touching interview for a very long time, I have to be honest. Um, we have Michelle Potgitter in the studio with us this afternoon, and she was just sharing about her personal challenges and and loss of her husband and her father uh, before she went back to the Ukraine. And she could have, as a as a, a woman of God, just come and stayed on and carried on with her life here back in South Africa. But she actually chose, and her children chose to go with them. So this is the, the wonderful uh, testimony of a family so committed just to go even into dangerous situations like the Ukraine. And you were sharing with us earlier, on Michelle, thank you so much for being with us. I'm telling you, I'm absolutely in awe of what you have done and who you, the amazing work that you are doing. So, uh, just share with us, um, you know, going back now, and now you say currently they are busy bombing. So you're now busy feeding uh, families, and uh, obviously they need counsel. And you know, what does it look like in a, in a country like that right now? Every day, now one o'clock, the refugees come to our church and we give them a full meal. They love their soup and their, in like, like the meat and then like some things we like cake as well. So we, it can okay. really, it can keep them for, for 24 hours. So we really try to help Make them. Make a nice, a big yeah. full meal. Yeah, because they, they, many of them do not have the place where to cook meals. So, yeah, and we minister to them. Um, we have this one lady from Bakhmut, from, for example. She lost in the war her husband and her son. So she and her granddaughter came to us. And her, her house is flattened. Um, she's got nothing left, a garden. So she was crying and she's in my house, my garden, there's nothing left. The, the whole town, there's not even one window hole in that whole town. Everything is broken. Everything is... 
and she's crying and she said, why did God do this? Why did he allow it? And I can really minister because I had my own pain and yes. understand what, what she's going through. But I, we can minister to them and bring them to the Lord and, and invite them to church. And we can see that the Lord is really starting to restore these people and they get to meet Jesus mm. and they get healed and, and the Lord is doing beautiful work in their lives. And, and she started to look after herself. She started again to do some makeup and, and understand that, that it's not only about this life, but you've got eternity and you've got a future and the Lord is preparing a beautiful future for you. Your life didn't end here. And um, there's another mom that came to us. When the war started, she and her family was in a flat. The flat got bombed. And when they ran out five o'clock in the morning with little kids in the arms, when they opened the flat door to the staircase, there was flames and fire. And they ran through the fire with their kids and um, cats. And they lived in the cellar for a month. And to get fresh food or, or water, they had to go up. So the, the smallest one was two years old. The other one was about four. The, the oldest one was about seven years old. So think in winter, in a cellar, bombing above your head all the time, shooting and with little kids. How do you put them to sleep? How do you comfort them? How do you keep them warm? And she said, Michelle... I asked her, what, what do you remember most of all? She said how cold it was. And sure. and that whole month, she was able to wash herself once, a little bit. Um, and they come to our church. The Lord bring these people from all over Ukraine to our church. Svet Miru means light for the world. Church. Yes, I love the name. <laughs> I mean, and it is. It, it is. literally is. Yeah, People sit there and eat and they will say, what is, what's here? Why, why is it so feeling so light? Oh. So they just feel the presence of the Lord there. And, um, you know, it's just beautiful to see how the Lord is restoring these broken people. And they bring them, some will just sit in front of this bowl of soup and start to cry and say, this is the first cooked meal I eat in weeks. Oh, precious. That oh, is so sad. It's really a privilege to be there to, to minister to these people and they're waiting for me so I can't wait I can't wait to go back oh, that, is, that is something to say hey? and you know Michelle thank you so much for sharing that you know because I really feel that there are many of us out there you know especially us in our latter years you know we're heading for a, a bigger quieter life um, but we want to still be relevant um, you know and and we know that these things that we've been called to do, and you know we've got all got skills. We've all got, um, you know. And you you said to me that when you get a calling, you'll get a confirmation. And uh, so, you know, the fact that you had the confirmation to even go back, and the fact that you're still wanting to go back again now, you can't wait to go back, is just so so encouraging. So you know, how do people you know go from how would they go about possibly going on a mission? First of all, I think you have to have a, a personal relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Seek Him. He's so close to us. Ask Him. And, and He say, ask me and I'll give to you. And seek my face and I will show myself to you. And and um, if we get 
give one step towards him, he will give thousands towards us. Amen. And, and just ask for that confirmation. The Lord is so faithful and good, and he's, he's closer to me now than ever before. <laughs> he's so real. And like you said, he's your husband. Yeah. He's your father. Yes. I he's... never feel alone. Never. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I understand that very well. So, okay, we are going to just... Um, I just think we need to, I don't want to start a whole new subject because I think we need to introduce your book. Um, just give me a little bit of the reason why you wrote your book and when did this sort of transpire? And I know you're in the country now also uh, sharing your information about the book. So um, many people told us through all these years, um, Michelle, or could you have to tell your story. You, you've got so many testimonies of the Lord's goodness and to glorify him of his faithfulness. There's so many testimonies in that book. And um, yeah, Ogre didn't get, he actually had this writing as um, gift. Um, but but yeah, I didn't get to write the book. So last year, um, Lux Verbi contacted me. Susan asked me if, if I would like to write a book about our story. And um, they gave me the opportunity to, to publish it through Lux Verbi. So yeah, it took about eight months to finish. And um, it was actually so good, a part of healing, because yes, sometimes yes. we just want to forget about some things. The moment, the last time I, I saw Ocker, the day of his funeral, you know, those things are so painful. I had mm. to. Mm. I just wanted to block it out, to ignore it, but I had to go out and relive those feelings and tell my story over and over and over again. I think the Lord can use that for healing and comforting. Mm, and not just that for others, you know, to actually relate yeah. that, you know, that uh, and what you can still do. This is what yeah. I'm encouraged by is after such incredible loss and pain that you still went ahead and did because, you know, so many people give up, even though you felt, you know, you, you wanted to die. And I mean, that's na that's normal grieving process but still getting up and still going to do yeah. the work of the Lord so um, we're going to take a break now and then I want you just to share us a little bit of a scenario in your in your book straight after this um, so just stay with us uh, family and friends and we're going to join Michelle straight after this Thank you so much for staying with us. And uh, we've got such an incredible testimony and journey of faith, of um, endurance, long suffering, commitment to her calling. We have Michelle Potgetel in the studio with us this afternoon, and she's an author and a missionary in the Ukraine. And I can tell you now, this is rather a task that an assignment that not anybody will just take on. But it is so beautiful to hear what they have achieved as a family over the last 27 years in this city of uh, Rennie. And uh, yes, and now you're saying it's being bombed, busy being bombed at the moment as well, but you have got an assignment to go back there and you cannot wait to go back there, Michelle. So tell us why and tell us more about your book. Why did you write your book? First of all, I know that the Lord has, has us in his hands and he said that he's giving his angel in charge over us. And I know that he He's calling me, me and my kids to go back. Those that want to go, go back, back yes. um, yeah. And the Lord, yeah, I know that He will open the doors and and that He will be with us. So I'm not even a little bit afraid. Um, 
We do have a cellar in our house, and they do tell you, you know, if there's a if there's drones on its way or um, yes. So they do Some, tell us, yeah. yeah. So you can go down into the cellar and, and hide there, and but I'm not afraid at all. I know that that we are in the Lord's hands, and I'm looking forward to to see the people there. The book, it starts with Ogerd and me as little yes. kids, wow. and um, yeah, the the way the Lord called us each one separately, how the Lord called us into missions, and what Ogerd gave up. He's, he was an incredible man. He was excellent student, and well, just just an incredible person, and. Um, some funny things that happened, cultural, yes. people say, <laughs> reading the book said they laughed so much and they cried a lot as well. Some funny moments that, that I had, um, even pregnancy, birth with our kids and that culture and, and everything. And then, of course, as well, um, the moment when Ukut passed away and that moment when, when I stood in front of the open grave, I never thought I'll have to you know, lose my husband and that I'm a, I'm a widow. And at that moment, while, while his, um, yeah, his coffin. coffin's going down in the grave, it was like as if that enemy said, see, you, everything is gone. You know, your ministry is gone. Your life is gone. There's nothing left for you. But then the Lord told me, just, just start to praise me. And I, even then, I just started and I said, Lord, you are good. I proclaim that you are always faithful and good, and I trust you, Lord. And I just started to praise the Lord in front of that grave. And I think when we just listen and we've just overcome and just in the hardest moments, just starting willingly praising the Lord, make his name, then then this... this um, the Lord just gives us a breakthrough. I can really say that the Lord comforted me so much. And um, when I feel as if I'm in this hole and he just comes and lifts me out and, and pick me up and and heals me, he restored me so much. I can really say that. that the he, book was good for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is incredible. You know, and, and then obviously the, the book is, uh, you know, says a lot about the Ukraine as well. You know, the mentioning the snow and the sunshine, the sunflowers. Um, you know, where did that name come from? So if you in Ukraine, if you will travel along the roads there, you'll see these sunflower lands. They are, they are over the whole horizon. It's not like a South Africa little, you know. Patches, yes. Patches. It's like a sea of sunflowers and this yellow flowers. It's like our canola flowers. <laughs> yeah. It's so beautiful. And, and they're all looking to the light, to the sun. Mm. And they're friendly. I think they're such joyful flowers. They, oh, they're beautiful. <laughs> Always looking at the sun. And that's what the Lord calls us, to look at him, seek his face day and night, you know, just look at, at him. And in this, the snow is a, a cold part, you know, the the contrast, the sunflowers and the snow, but still even the snow. I love the snow. It's like little diamonds shining in the sun. And, sure. and it, it was difficult in the beginning. It was so difficult. But I also see now the beauty in that, in that cold, in that um, hard world that, that we walked into. Yes. How the Lord even gave, gave us a love for this people with cold hearts. <laughs> Exactly. Wow, that is that is incredible to actually take it from that angle, because you know we we actually don't realize how 
the, even that weather affects their personalities, you know. Um, you know, f- being in the, those cold winters and there's so much, you know, uh, suffering and poverty that comes with it as well. And you say there's a lot of oppression and, you know, now with the war, a lot of fear and a lot of refugees. So the refugees, um, are they all, you know, Muslims or you know, what kind of refugees are they? Most of them are um, Russian Orthodox. Oh, um, Russian or Orthodox. some do not believe in anything. Some still have this communism spirit, spirit the, the yes. old, older generation. So, but even if they are Russian Orthodox, it's, it's not really a... We will stand there and we will read. Oh, sorry, we will read from the Bible one o'clock every day, and mm. then we will pray and explain. And then they will come afterwards and say, "Listen, what? Uh, from which book are you praying? Because in in the Russian Orthodox Church, you only have prayers in books. You cannot just re- pray out of, out your, of your heart. heart. Oh, no, so it's like it's like out. yeah. So we'll say no. We just you can just say use your own words to talk with the Lord. That's that's. Strange and the Bible they do not really read because I think it's a holy book that that have to be there. It's too holy to touch. <laughs> so we actually we teaching them the Bible stories engage. and and to mm-hmm. first of all to repent and to know that Jesus is our Lord, our Savior. That we have to repent from our sins and He's alive. Yeah, he's not in a ikun. Yes, yes, yes. Wow, that is incredible. You know, um, you know, I just want to really uh, salute you for the work that you are doing in such troubled times. I'm a, I know we're living in unprecedented and perilous times, but the, as you said in uh, the previous program, that the field, the harvest is massive, but the field workers are. Few, yeah. and we really out there. These are we are all chosen to go mm-hmm. and witness. Yeah. Each one of us have a ministry. Yes, we're just not sure of how to navigate it and execute it. So I just want you, as family and friends, just please hear the heart of Michelle. How they actually just stepped by faith, one step at a time, and went and. Asked the Lord for the, the wisdom and the guidance, and He gave them twenty-seven years plus and more to come, uh, Michelle, and through your children to follow. I mean, this is an incredible legacy that you are leaving, and Orchid has left a wonderful, beautiful legacy to have children that are still invested in the work that He's done. And so, we just want to honor you and uh, revere you for the work that you've no, done. May please. the Lord just continuously use you mightily. <laughs> And, you know, and just do the work that you need to do in, and cover you and protect you and your family and all the innocent in the cities that you're working with Thank and the people and the families. And as we speak, we know that we've got our, our hearts and our prayers and our tears are with our brothers and sisters in Israel. Yes. So family and friends, mm-hmm. just we, we lift them up to your hands. All Israelis, I'm talking about all Israelis, those Mm -hmm. that are innocent, that are not part of this uh, genocide and hatred. Mm -hmm. We ask you, Lord, we just ask you to please protect, provide and guide them in the way forward. 
how to navigate this war. So we ask mm. you, Lord, that um, as we stand together as a nation with Israel, that we will bless them in this time and we'll pray for them and we'll pray for all those citizens that are suffering innocently and the vulnerable. So we ask you this in your precious holy name, Lord. We pray for them and we pray for all those that are in the Ukraine that have suffered all these years and more to come, we ask for the same protection for mm-hmm. those that are vulnerable, that are innocent, that have not been um, are not uh, part of all the decision making of the minds of greed and power that has no. Uh, that's having a huge say on their lives, Lord. So we just ask you that we pray for the missionaries, those that are going into the cities and going there as workers and field workers, the rescuers, those that have taken their lives out to go and be there for those that have lost the battle and those that need rehabilitation and those that need to be fed and loved and cared for. So, Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you for their hands. Thank you for their willingness and their availability and the dedication to your people that are battered and bruised. So, Lord, we just thank you and we honor you in this time. And we ask you that you are always good and you have them in the palm of their hands, of your hands. And we bless you, Lord, and we bless those that are doing the work of your of your hands on earth today. Amen. 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 Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being with us. And how can they get the book? Just quickly share with us. Just first of all, I want to say all glory to Jesus. He is yes. faithful and good. And yeah, the book is um, available at most bookshops like Kum, I know, has a lot and uh, bargain books, um, exclusive books, or they can buy it online at graffiti books. Oh, well, the, the bookstores are good enough <laughs> for us right now. We'll go charging in there and getting our own. So bless you. Thank you so much for sharing your Thank time you so with much. us, Michelle. And we just trust the Lord will just take care, f- care of you, Thank that you, you get home safely, and uh, we will definitely keep in contact. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for joining us. And family and friends, just take care, stay on your knees, seek the Lord's face, and ask Him what to do with uh, for you in this time. He's for you and not against you, and He will guide you in every area of your life. So thank you. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Take care and stick to the rules. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.